Hello and welcome to another episode of 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One. I'm one of your co-hosts, Michelle Pratt, and I run a training and coaching business called Dive Deeper Development. And I'm your other co-host, Katie Carlisle, and I run a business called The Wheel Exists, where I do Squarespace web design and training. So... Today we're going to talk about resilience because a couple of episodes ago we talked about what characteristics are of uh, a really good freelancer and resilience was one of the ones that came up, the need to be able to pick yourself up and keep going. So we wanted to take a bit of a deeper dive, yes that is an intentional reference, into what resilience means for freelancers but also some things that we can focus on to help us be more resilient. But to kick off Katie, I, I wanted to sort of bring up this this topic of what is resilience in the context of being a freelancer how how would you describe it and, and why is that important for freelancers do you think well i think for me yeah in the context of freelancing i'd i'd say it's that kind of it sounds a bit cheesy but it's almost that inner strength and um having having enough kind of i suppose reserves to be able to carry on even in the face of adversity so when i say adversity i don't necessarily mean like a big traumatic life event of course you need to be able to you know you need a lot of inner strength to be able to deal with that but it's it's kind of even just the little things that can get you down like a negative comment on social media or i mean i get upset about silly little things like my anxiety gets in the way about stuff like that um but it's 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 not about necessarily having a thick skin so if says if someone says something hurtful to me or if i get some bad feedback it, it does upset me it's not like it just bounces right off me so i think i'm quite thin-skinned but i think i am resilient in that despite the fact that those things hurt me and despite the fact that sometimes i don't deal very well with little problems uh, give me a crisis and i'm brilliant but give me a little problem and i just freak out but despite that i can keep going and i think to me that's what resilience is it's it's having that kind of that it's not necessarily energy but that kind of that that strength or that backup almost to be able to keep going and that determination in doing what you want to do and i think motivation is a part of it as well it so i think it's that almost like sometimes very kind of dogged determination to to keep going and to get to where you want to be and not let stuff stop you even if that stuff is difficult or hurtful or hard I think resilience when you're a freelancer is all about how you keep going. That's how I would probably describe it. What about you, Michelle? Yeah, I think you're right because it's not it's not really just about um, yeah, like you say, it's not things not hurting or not about things not being difficult, about not having tough times. It's we still get tough times, but it's that ability to pick up, pick yourself up dust yourself off and then carry on regardless and I think that is probably what resilience is and I think for freelancers I think it takes on a slightly different complexion or at the very least I think it's it's increasingly important because quite often for many of us we we are our business it is our name above the door we are the face and name of of the brand if you like and you put a lot of yourself into it and I think the consequences are, are, are yours so I think we feel kind of this pressure so when we get a knockback or a comment or things don't go quite as well as we'd planned it's not that it's happening to a company it's happening to us it's happening to our reputation happening to our livelihoods so as you say if you, it's good if you can develop a thick skin but we will get rejection and you will get feedback that you don't want to hear um and it's how you deal with that and the ability to carry on even when things do feel quite tough and you're right it's even when, when somebody like when when you get that negative feedback you you don't have that like that barrier of a company to hide behind it, it's like they're directly criticizing you sometimes even though you are not your business but when you have something that happens to your business, it's very hard for it not to feel like it's happening to you as well. And to then also kind of take that out, you know, into, into your free time or leisure time or time with your partner and stuff as well. So I think part of resilience is also kind of dealing with stuff so that it doesn't spread out into other areas of your life as well, I would say. Yeah, definitely. You want to have that have those reserves to spend on on things and people that are really important to you and and one of the questions that I have when quite often when people uh, seek out uh, talk about resilience um, or they seek support for how they can be more resilient is quite often when they're feeling under stress stress or under pressure and and for me there is a question there 
if if you're fight if this resonates with you and you're thinking yeah I need to boost my resilience I need to be able to cope with things I, I'd ask yourself why are you are you searching for that resilience information you're being quite proactive which is a good thing but also are you doing it because you've got into a situation where you're experiencing experiencing a lot of stress so I find that there's a lot of trainers out there that run mindfulness classes for businesses and that's what they do they go in and train mindfulness now that's a really great thing that businesses are offering that to their employees but with certain companies I think what are you doing to your people that they need resilience training (laughs) like how are you treating them and I think if you're self-employed and you are your own boss don't be that boss that runs somebody into the ground then offers them resilience coaching (laughs) resilience training take a step back and just ask yourself what is going on that that is making me question my resilience and I think there's a little bit there about maybe being kinder to to, to yourself as as well which obviously is a, a key part of it yeah absolutely I think like it's that you could work on strengthening your kind of resilience muscles or you could reduce the amount that you need to be resilient as well and I think as a freelancer you're always going to need to have a baseline of some resilience probably more than people who are employed in a lot of jobs like i mean some horrible jobs you probably need to be super tough and resilient all the time um but but actually i think like it yeah it's rather than increasing your resilience decrease the input that is causing you to need the resilience is a really good point yeah reduce the stress and it's it's easy to say but i think it's quite hard to do because there's a lot of myths out there so some people think oh if i'm experiencing a lot of stress or i take on a lot of work and i've got a lot of pressure it means i'm successful we talked about that with kind of um kind of suffering porn that you know we were talking about the kind of where people fetishize the struggle yeah the kind of pity Um, party that people have yeah look how much i'm struggling i must be successful so sometimes we think stress or being overworked or under pressure is a sign of success it doesn't mean that it just means we're under stress um there's also some other myths as well people think that um that uh you know we can deal with stress by by working you know stress is caused by working too much but of course some people work 80 hour weeks and they love it so you read in forbes magazine and all this kind of thing about people who work 80 hour weeks and they, and they just talk about how passionate they are so it's not necessarily the volume of work that's the issue um and actually some people think you can cure stress by working more but of course that doesn't work because work when you do more work more work just appears there's always more to be done and but then some people think you can cure stress by working less and actually working less isn't necessarily the answer either if we don't have enough pressure or enough stress or enough uh, yeah enough tension in our day we'll get bored and we'll feel we'll feel um like you say depressed or or, or just experience complete boredom so sometimes we misread these signals i think we think if we experiencing a lot of stress or pressure it means we're important and we think it's to do with how much we we work or how little we work and actually i think it's less to do with that and more to do with the resources that we have to deal with that situation i don't know what you think about that but i, th- I just yeah thought i put that out yeah there. i think definitely like the, the the kind of myths that people have around yeah it, it, you know oh i just i i like if if i'm struggling i need to reduce the i mean i need to do less work whereas actually you could be doing the same amount of work but taking a different approach or i mean just take the example of clients for example you could have a business that's really really stressful because you're working with clients who are not a good fit for you so you could be working the same number of hours but it will feel so much harder and so much more stressful working with the wrong clients compared to working with clients who really are a great fit. They really appreciate the value that you bring to their business. They're really responsive and easy to work with and they, you know, they meet their expectations. You meet your expectations. It's, it's a, you know, a dream project. And so I've had that before where I've had, you know, the same same working same number of hours in a working week but it feels very different so i definitely agree that the number of hours that you work isn't necessarily the cure for stress and i think resilience isn't to do with oh i you know you have to be resilient because you'll need to work so many hours as a freelancer like my favorite quote is uh, freelancers are the only people who are willing to work 80 hours for themselves to avoid working 40 hours for someone else and I think there is this kind of culture of you got to hustle, you got to work hard, you got to do the work, and you know this culture of working harder, and so therefore you have to be more resilient in order to be able to work harder. It's like no, you can still work 
less if you want to or you can work more if you want to resilience is kind of not time sensitive i don't think yeah you're right it's not the hours. i think it's so so easy to think oh i can work more or i have to work less and like you say katie it's quite often it's what you do and how you feel about what you're doing as as opposed to to how much of it that you're doing but sometimes we do think that measure i don't know if we get it from the corporate world or whether we get it in the in the youtube or the books that we read like you say it's the it's the the story of the hustle yes you do have to work hard to be self-employed but that's not the same as running yourself into the ground so i think there's um taking a, a moment to step back and think you know, think about what is causing that pressure like you say is it a client that's making yourself making your life difficult because I found myself sometimes doing training courses for for companies and sometimes they're not even asking me to do a lot but what I what I'm doing isn't that enjoyable it feels like a real real burden whereas I can work you know a a full full full-on week with squeezing in coaching sessions and meetings before and after workshops and feel really buzzed so I think the what as well as the 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 how much is 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 absolutely key and I would say as well that it it's different depending on who you are so for example I might naturally be very comfortable doing a particular activity so I won't need as much resilience to be able to keep going if that's difficult for me whereas if you're some I'm trying to think of a good example here but if you're somebody who so say say like public speaking if you're somebody who's really nervous about public speaking and is sort of doubting themselves and has maybe had some bad feedback in the past, you do need a bit more resilience to be able to kind of pick yourself up and go, no, do you know what? I'm going to have another go at this. And so if you, if that is you, then that, that takes more energy and more maybe drive or determination and more resilience to keep going. Whereas like for me, I love public speaking. I kind of really get energized by it. It doesn't scare me. I don't really overthink if I make a mistake when I'm doing a presentation or anything like I do in other walks of life. And so for me, I need less resilience in that area because it's something that I enjoy and it comes naturally to me. And so I think it's different, depending on who you are and your strengths, I think you'll need resilience in different areas. Like if you're somebody who's just like, actually people's comments on social media just kind of goes over my head and I don't really bother about it then you don't need as much resilience as someone who actually kind of will then read and analyze and overthink everything. So that's the other thing I think it's worth mentioning is identifying maybe areas where where your resilience is needed more. Definitely. And I think you're right. It's not even the, the thing that you do. It's, it's the person. And sometimes it, you know, it will vary from person to person, but also vary from task to task. And um, it, I think there's something there about spotting the tasks which feel difficult for you. And we talked about strengths on a previous podcast. So that's of interest to you and you're interested in resilience and well-being. Check out our, our podcast that we did about knowing your strengths um, because that actually makes a huge difference when we're using our strength. We actually feel energized and we're in a good place. Whereas actually when we're working with things that aren't our true strengths, we tend to feel more stress, more pressure and like we need to be more resilient. Um, and I think that's that's key as well. So, so oh. Kate, this. Go on, Katie. I was Carol, just, just going to go say, ahead. like, if you know, looking towards the kind of the the, the more practical sides of it, I was just going to say, how what what can we do to either improve our resilience or to reduce the need to have as much resilience? Yeah. So I I, I think this we're going to share with you say four areas to focus on, and. These four areas are four areas of your life or your or your being, really, that you can focus on to improve your resilience and to be proactive. So you might not be under stress at the moment. Maybe you are. But even if, you, even if you're not, these are four things that are really worth reflecting on and focusing on um, so that you can be on the front foot so that you're really well resourced should you have things coming from the side. And on that subject, Katie and I have both had things this week <laughs> that have come in from the side and knocked us off our feet and uh, knocked us down. And we've both had to to be pretty resilient and dust ourselves off this week um so let's have a look at those so i'm going to look at these four so these are the there's a there's the physical aspects of what you do with your body there's the mental aspect the emotional aspect and the spiritual aspect so let, and so as we go through these think about what these mean to you as we share some of our stories but also notice which ones you're really good at but also notice which ones maybe you're not so good at so some of these probably get our attention more than others um 
so when we talk about resilience, some, the, the, one of the ones that people probably don't immediately spring to mind probably doesn't think about your physical well-being, but actually how you feel in your body, your physi- physiology, has a huge impact on how good you are at, at, at bouncing back. It affects your bounce back ability. So it's not just an emotional thing. How do I deal with these these dilemmas or these these bad things that come in from the side? Actually, what you do with your body is really key. So one of the things I've had to get really good at being a freelancer is it's so easy to sit at home and um, pick at unhealthy food or to stay up late working. Or if I don't have to be up in the morning, it's quite tempting to stay up late. But there's a few things I've I've done. And I, I'm probably going to say the first one for me is to, to eat right. So as soon as I became self-employed, I, one of my priorities was to look after my body and I lost weight. And actually what I found was that taking time just 15 minutes a week just to plan healthy meals i would recommend the itsu 20 minute uh, cookbook by the way for really quick healthy really straightforward meals um that is something that gives me a lot more energy in my body and that and trying to drink about four pints of water a day throughout the course of the day i just find i have so much more energy and concentration to with which to deal with life's little challenges and katie i know that you've built this into your day as well do you want to tell us a little bit about how you've done that yeah i mean i'm still crap at drinking water i definitely need to get better at that um and and that will probably stop me from snacking as much as well if i need to later in the day um yeah i think um i mean we talked a bit about this when we talked about the the our routines in the podcast episode a few episodes ago um but i i've sort of changed up my freelance day a bit so that I start work at 12 now. Um, at the moment, I'm kind of pushing it towards one because I realised at 12, I basically want to eat lunch. And so um, I used to try and do work from 12, to kind of doing email stuff, then have a break, or, you know, admin, then have a break for lunch and then carry on in the afternoon. I'm now thinking just starting work at one and just going straight from the morning into lunch and then doing work from one. So what I do is I use my morning time to do all the stuff that otherwise just doesn't get done. So I I know that if I get up and I start work at nine in the morning, I don't get as much done throughout the day. or I don't feel as productive as if I start in the afternoon because I think it just takes my brain a while to warm up. I'm just not a morning person. And so any kind of useful work, I don't really get done in the mornings. And I spend a lot of time just kind of you know, I'd spend a lot of time just beating myself up for not getting up quite early enough and stuff like that. So I just, I did a big switch to change my focus and say, right, okay, what do I want to do so I can set myself up to do better work in the rest of the day? So um, in the mornings, I don't get up particularly early just because, yeah, I'm a, more, more of a night owl. Um, but I'll, I'll get up and I will kind of do bits and pieces around the house any life admin that needs doing but I'll also take the time to prepare lunch and to and to kind of make a nice healthy lunch to have because I think yeah like Michelle you were saying um it does help if I can eat healthily like I'm trying to lose a bit of weight um and I think before I was doing that I was just like I just have cheese on toast for lunch because it was easy and it was there uh, but if it's just you as well, it's hard, isn't it? I mean, you've got rolling at home now, but if it's, I know it's like, I'm just me in the house during the day. And like you say, cheese on toast is so easy. Yeah. But when I do actually make lunch, well, one, it gives me a psychological boost because I'm looking forward to eating something interesting and I quite like cooking, but also like you say, it's just that fuel in your tank, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's yeah. definitely. And I think that I feel it almost sets me up for success. Now it sounds really stupid, but like, I've always struggled to like keep on top of the housework and stuff. I've always wanted to have a really nice clean house and I've, I've always struggled to keep on top of it. And um, similarly, I've never, I've never been very good at kind of, yeah, prepping food in advance or anything like that. And I've always wanted to do it. And so I think I'd, I'd often find that like, if I was, if I was working during the day, I was almost kind of starting the day having already felt a bit like a failure. So I think by actually accomplishing little tasks, even though they're not work related, by accomplishing little tasks like cleaning the kitchen uh you know like um having having put together a healthy lunch um like having sorted out the 
mortgage application and stuff. We talked about life getting in the way in previous episodes. Um, house buying definitely takes up quite a lot of time. But by, by kind of actually ticking some stuff off your list, even if it's not work related, I feel it, it sets me up much more for success when I start work because I feel like, yeah, I'm having a productive day already. I'm achieving stuff. I'm doing well. And then my afternoon and like sometimes in the evening time, I get much more productive work done uh, compared to if I yeah. start work in the morning. So that's something yeah. that I definitely do. And that, that also kind of links into the sleeping side of it with the physical as well. Cause I know if, if, you know, if I get up outside of my kind of ideal rhythm, I'm just a bit broken for the whole day. Like, so if I, you know, if I get, if I wake up too early, I don't, I'm not as productive as if I wake up a bit later. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm in a better place. There's a point at which it goes the other way. So if I, if I kind of stay in bed and sleep for too long, then that kind of also has a bit of a negative impact. But I found, yeah, the kind of sweet spot of like, it takes me a long time to get up. So my alarm goes off at half seven and I get up at half eight. Um, there's a lot of snoozing going on. Um, but, but yeah, that, that kind of seems to work better for me and puts me in a better frame of mind than if I was forcing myself to get up earlier and then I just feel really groggy. Um, and, and I just yeah. think, yeah, it just, it puts me in a better place. And I think it does make me more resilient. And I notice the days when I don't do that. So like, you know, I've had a bit of anxiety recently and, um, and so some of the days I've not been, I've not been doing, getting up at, you know, in that kind of golden window, I've not been doing the tasks in the morning. And on those days, my work suffered as well, because I think, again, I'm not starting on that positive note. So I think that does definitely yeah. factor into my resilience during the day is, have I achieved, have I had some little wins? That That's a big thing for me, those little wins to like set me up. Um, yeah. And then exercise and, and, is the and, other and, thing for me is that, yeah, like if I go surfing or paddle boarding, I just like, I love it so much. And it just puts me in such a happy mood that then again, I'm I'm kind of set up better for anything that comes after that yeah and you talked about setting yourself up for the day and I think this is it so the things we can do to our body generally so like sleep sleeping the sleeping's a good one Katie because I I have a spouse that will keep struggles from insomnia if she doesn't keep a a strict routine so I'm kind of almost forced into it which I kind of hate because I kind of a bit more of a free spirit but um I kind of appreciate it and and we talked about this in the routines of successful freelancers that um there, there are studies to suggest that if your regular sleep pattern is out if you know if you go very much more than one hour outside of that um it takes a week to, to get back into your rhythm and I, I certainly feel that so I hate waking up feeling groggy so I think that's where um, the, the sleep is, is really important but it's more that you were talking about what your routine when you get up in the morning and I think this is this is something that helps our resilience as well you t- talked about tidying the house and again it's about not just our body but our physical environment so I I you know I was reading articles saying oh don't you know you'd never be late for a conference call if when you worked for an employer because you were doing the washing up but actually I do the washing up about half eight in the morning if there's anything left over even if it's just a few cups of the night before because I want a, a physical environment that's going to f- be stimulating and I think when you're not covered in clutter or you're feeling inspired by your physical environment it makes you feel much much more resource to face the day or deal with things when everything's neat it's tidy you feel relaxed you're in an environment you find inspiring and and I think that's important the other thing as well is that that morning routine you described so I was watching this thing about morning routines and we mentioned this in the in the previous podcast when you see that CEOs get up at 5am or uh, you know they do two hours work before their family are up and stuff but even if you're not one of those kind of people I do think having a good morning routine to get you physically in a good state to do work and face the day is absolutely key so you've described some of yours I um I get up in the morning when my wife gets up Um, like you I snooze so not exactly the same time but then I go down and I like to have breakfast with her so I can connect with my partner at the beginning of the day even if it's just 15 minutes while we have breakfast and then I take myself out for a walk just round the block and even better recently I've started doing a bit for a bit of mindful walking and the purpose of that is twofold I guess one is to get some sunshine or to get some vitamin d and to wake myself up with the daylight but the other part of that is just physically moving my body so getting the blood pumping getting the air through my lungs and to move before I hunch over a desk and 
I notice that if I don't do that, I feel quite antsy. I don't, I can plow straight into things, but I'm not anywhere near as energetic. I'm not as positive, not as focused and not as resilient if things do, I do have to take on the stresses of the day, right? You know, if I get an email that lands in my inbox, which is likely to put a spanner in the works, I'm in a much better state to deal with it. So all of those things you talked about were, were so important. And like you, I, I run and I go hiking. So I do fresh walks or I just go out walking on my own. And like you, that exercise, that being outdoors is is just something that makes me feel good. And I saw Roland's picture on Twitter the other day, Katie, of uh, paddle, you guys paddle boarding and, at sunset, which was really cool. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that was a very, in, very Insta-worthy. I know. I was, Insta-worthy. I, yeah, I was like living my best social media life at that point. <laughs> yeah but the, the exercise thing is key because it's known to reduce stress and when you exercise with others that's also known to be really good for mental well-being and most doctors will tell you that it's really good for things like depression as well it's the thing you feel least like doing and while it's not a cure it's certainly something that's really good to alleviate any simple uh, symptoms of, of depression or anxiety the, this is a good good thing to do how, how are you feeling because you've now like because when, when I first met you, and I don't date this the wrong way, you were not someone who exercised every day. Not like not like you do now, but now you've made time every day for outdoors and exercising stuff. And how how do you feel having built that in? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't always I have to confess I don't always do it every day. Like before, everyone's like, "Wow, she's amazing." Um, but yeah, what I mean, so we've what 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 we've done basically as part of our routine this is going to sound like i basically never do any work um so i start work at one and then i finish work at four um and then between four and six p.m is adventure time and so that's when we'll go for a walk with the dogs or we'll drive somewhere and do a bit of a walk along the coastal path or something or we'll go paddle boarding or we'll go surfing um and that kind of came out of a coaching session that i had with you michelle where you know we were looking at we were looking effectively at resilience we were looking at how i can make sure that my anxiety doesn't stop me from being able to do the work i need to do um and one of the things that we picked up on from that session was my need for like the 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 kind of variety and entertainment and stuff like you know going on so kind of having something to look forward to and having something interesting in the day and having having a day that isn't just all monotonous and just one of the same thing um so i i like to have i like to have days that are different to each other in terms of i don't always have like oh tuesday is phone calls day like i like to mix it up that way but i also like to have a bit of a a bit of structure within my day which is why i'm I'm kind of fine-tuning my routine all the time um but yeah i found that even if i'm even if i'm struggling on any particular day that i tend to go out in that four to six p.m. time slot, and then more often than not, I'm then able to come back and then work in the evening, which is when I prefer working. So that yeah. that that's definitely made a difference to me. Um, I think having that because I think when I first moved, it was a challenge. Like I don't, you know, you mentioned your working environment. Like we're in a rental house. It's not the type of house we would necessarily have chosen to live in. Um, but it accepted four pets and therefore we took it um, because we didn't have an option really. Um, and you know, it's a big house and everything, but it's just not h- how I would want it. And my workspace is just the dining room and it's just not great. I, I really miss having my old office and I'm looking forward to when we have our new house, having my workspace be how I want it to be. So I think I was finding it hard to get more energized. And then like, again, like that, I think how energized you are has a real impact on how resilient you feel to stuff as well and how you how you are in that space so i think introducing this structure and having something to kind of pick me up and and like go out and do stuff is really helpful but i mean yesterday we we just we didn't do anything because something happened in the morning that kind of wiped out my morning which meant i then needed to use some of that time in the afternoon so i think i could probably do a bit more to sort of safeguard that and do it almost no matter what but sometimes if you've got a deadline you just have to do it and i want to do more yeah. stuff in the morning as well but where, where we are is just a bit tricky but um when we move we're going to be really near um, a kind of coastal like country park so i'm hoping to go for a bit of a run around there there's just there's not really anywhere to run where i am at the moment um but i want to do yeah. more or go for a little swim in the morning as well as doing the afternoon stuff because again that that then 
again makes you feel like i've achieved something um but i think the bigger change for me was finding the exercise that worked for me and i feel like we're deviating from work topics quite a lot here but i think it does play into it like i never used to exercise does, yeah. because i hate i hate most exercise but I found that if, if it's if it involves the sea, that I'm much more inclined to do it. So surfing, paddleboarding, swimming, um, and even running by the sea is so much nicer for me. Like I'm I'm more motivated to run because I get to go and look at the sea, or I'm motivated to go for a walk because I get to go and look at the sea. And so that's yeah, that's really changed my approach no, that's good. to exercise. That's good. And I- and I, and I like that because actually we talked about four aspects, but that 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 is a lot of the things you described there. Okay, you tick all the boxes. So I mentioned the other ones being mental, emotional, and, and, and spiritual, and actually you probably hear what Kate is saying that 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 fits into all of these and we had done some coaching work and I do this on myself or I get other people to do this coaching work with me where you think about what your life to be what you want your life to be like because I think increasingly work and life are not separate things they're blurring I think we just have life and then we have time you know within that and I think you, you talked about how to safeguard that time I think if these things help us physically mentally emotionally or spiritually we have to protect them and protect that time and it's not taking time from work it makes us work smarter and so you mentioned adventure time which for those of you listening to this katie does not know the cartoon adventure time so i can't hear her say that without wanting to sing the theme tune but i kate Kate, i think that ticks all of the boxes that we've talked here because i know for you that that also helps with the emotional side as well doesn't it that kind of the spiritual and and the and and the and the and the mental too that that sort of taps into your values your belief your identity it's all it taps into your it helps shift your focus and it's it's really just a way of being kind to yourself but also enjoying it so let's just touch briefly then on on the emotional side so another aspect to focus on for your resilience is to make sure you're, you're getting what you need not just physically but emotionally as well and for this it's about this isn't about doing this is about being it's about how you feel about things and so there are a number of things you can do for this but I think one of the best ways to do it is just a bit of self-care and focus on things that make you feel good and as, as Katie has described there just making time to make sure you get them in so whatever it is that makes you feel good on an emotional level so I know for me, for example, um, I like going away in the camper van. I like hiking. I like being with friends. I like um, socialising with people. Um, I actually really do like exercising. I'm one of those people that um, I don't like. I'm not a huge fan of running, but I like to move my body and I like to do sports and engage in that. So finding things that really make you feel great on an emotional level and spending time doing them is absolutely key uh, to to that. Kate, is there anything else you do? You mentioned anxiety. Is there anything you do for self-care or to make you feel better um, on an emotional level when you're struggling? I think the the emotional bit, I think, is the bit I struggle most with. Um, I think physically, I know if I haven't had a good night's sleep, which I'm I'm very lucky, I'm quite good at sleeping, but that means if I don't have a good night's sleep, it just destroys me so i know that like that i'm at my 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 least resilient when i've had a a bad night's sleep and also when my when i'm struggling with my kind of emotional side i think from a you know i'm 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 sort of you know i'm trying to do what i can for my physical environment i think my um my kind of value you know from, i mean when you say spiritual michelle i know you don't mean necessarily you know religious or anything like that it's no. but it's about more like like my values and my beliefs and my goals and stuff and like i feel like yeah i'm kind of i know where i am with that and i revisit them frequently and um you know it's something i even talk about with my partner like yesterday we were talking about like yeah like what you know what are our priorities and are we kind of you know living our life according to them and stuff um and i think mentally uh you know again i'm quite kind of i am able to focus on stuff and but but it's the emotional stuff that I think is is the most challenging for me. Um, so I am actually having some counselling at the moment um, because like I think partly to do with the house move, um, or, or rather the the selling of our old house and the buying of the new house and and kind of the uncertain a lot of uncertainty going on, um, and it's bringing up some stuff for me. So then you know I think I would want to be proactive about that and actually tackle that. So I think speaking to somebody can really help when you've got those times of uncertainty to try and then kind of yeah like like improve my emotional resilience so that 
if something goes wrong, it doesn't really floor me. Um, but I think it's the emotional side I struggle with the most. And I think it's that balance between, and you mentioned being kind to yourself, Michelle, and I think it's a balance between giving yourself a bit of a break, but then not indulging yourself too much. And I think sometimes I'm guilty yeah. of kind of giving myself too much of a break because I'm like, oh, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to kind of overexert myself or I don't, you know, and almost kind of sets me up for feeling like I can't handle stuff when I know I can. I can cope with stuff really well generally. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, that kind of, I think just finding the right balance is what it's been for me and trying to, on a practical level, again, create ways that my emotions aren't being too, um, aren't being allowed to take over too much or that my emotional yeah. needs are being met a bit. Um, so yeah. yeah, does that make sense? I think it does, yeah. And I think knowing what your emotional needs are is key. But like say, making sure your emotional needs are met. So Katie mentioned like, like she's got a lot of uncertainty and everybody needs certainty. There are certain things that we all need. We need to feel we belong. We need to feel a certain degree of certainty as well as uncertainty. We need to feel that we matter, that we're important. We need to feel cared for. All of these things are things that we need. And I think you, you mentioned, so I think a good thing, exercise you could do on the emotional side is to ask ourselves, are those needs being met? And are any needs that aren't being met right now? And what can we do to meet them? And if other people aren't meeting them for us, is there anything we could do to do that for ourselves? And that's where being kind to yourself comes in. And Kate, you mentioned counselling there as well. And for some people, it's counselling it's coaching it's therapy um I know they're not the same things but whatever whatever it is that you need I think a good part of boosting your emotional resilience is seeking those things or that help obviously if you're if you're stuck and you feel like you need help but also before you need help as well and um you may not want to see a counselor or therapist if you feel that there's nothing specifically wrong but if you've got family members or you've got a support network so Katie and I have lots of different networks and uh, groups we're in with other freelancers who understand what we're going through. So I think the people you surround yourself and the support network you have around you, make sure that you have one, focus on building it if you don't really feel that you've got one, but also invest in it. And again, when you're feeling that you're maybe emotionally a little bit drained or um, you know, you've got stuff going on in your life, that you, you've, you've got no energy. The last thing you have the energy to do is reach out to people. But I think for making time for that support network that you have and investing in it when the going is good, um, even if you don't need it, I think is absolutely key. And when we've got other people in our corner and, and are there for us, that's a great way you can you can help your uh, the emotional resilience as well. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I, I should just, yeah. Go on, Katie. No, I was just I was just going to add to that that um, with with having that, I think having that, knowing that you've got that support network and knowing who the right people are to reach out about the different problems that you're having within that support network as well is really key. So like there's certain things where I know like if, I've, if I'm feeling like I'm really struggling to cope with something that's happened in a work context, there's certain people that I'd reach out for for like practical advice and there's certain people I'd reach out for for emotional advice and support. And it will depend on what's gone wrong or what I'm struggling with, what I feel like I'm, you know, if I feel like I'm not feeling very resilient and that is getting to me and it is stopping me from continuing, I've got different people that I reach out to depending on what the situation is. So I think it's also useful if you've got that because not everybody yeah. is going to be able to kind of help you to bounce back as well as other people in different situations definitely get the right balance of people in there as well I, I, I you were talking earlier about not giving yourself too much of a break we need a nice balance of people who are going to give us a bit of tea and sympathy and then people who are probably going to tell us the truth even when we're not ready to hear it and we need all of those people in our lives i'll, I'll just add a couple of, of other ones in here katie as well i think there's a two 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 prong approach i think if you want to improve your emotional resilience and i think one is dealing with the the emotional response 
and I would just just say to, you know there's there's emotions that come up then one of the things I found really useful is just to ask yourself what is the purpose of that emotion rather than dwelling on the emotion itself so sometimes we feel a bit useless or sometimes we feel a bit frustrated with ourselves and I think a useful thing to do is just focus well what what is the what we don't experience emotion emotions for no reason our brain gives us them to pay to get us to pay attention to something so when I find myself feeling a bit frustrated or cross I think the other day I think I posted on Twitter that someone who I pay for professional advice made me feel really crappy and I didn't like being spoken to like that and it was really tempting to, to focus on how that made me feel and it did I don't I'm not I'm not easily knocked sideways but that made me feel pretty pretty bad and I got pretty angry and frustrated and quite cross but bit but rather than focus on that that person or getting cross at them and, and, and focusing on my frustration or anger or feeling inadequate as it, as it made me feel at the time just focus on what's the purpose of that emotion so the purpose of you know feeling cross I think is just to tell you that your rules have been broken and so rather than focusing on he said this I did that I just thought well hang on a minute this is telling me something what was it telling me and it's telling me that I'm not going to be spoken to that way again and if I pay for your services you better treat me right so I'm just going to give him some feedback and as soon as I came to that conclusion it felt much better and again if you're feeling bored you know what is that telling you is it telling you not making the most of your time if you're feeling sad you know is that telling what's the what is that telling you is it telling you that you've lost something important to you and can you safeguard it more next time and so on and so forth so one of the things i found useful for emotions is just to focus on what is the lesson why is my brain sending this this signal what is the lesson i need to learn rather than the experience of the emotion itself and i normally get to a much better place the second thing you can do if you can't you know that involves a lot of self-reflection it's a bit too deep then the only other thing I would suggest is there are little things you can do to lift your mood um, and it could be something really simple like playing your favourite song and dancing to your banging tune so I love a bit of Manic Monday uh, was it Manic Monday by the Bangles that always makes ah, me classic. feel good that's a great tune uh, there's certain songs that I will always dance to um, you can just yeah, watch I a have clip, a Spotify watch playlist makes you laugh called feel better yeah that i put on oh i like that and i know that like yeah their songs like um anything by the pixies for me like where i just want to uh. like sing and like really loudly and dance like a maniac too so yeah totally agree with that yeah and a video youtube list of just comedy videos or watch somebody's comedy routine or funny songs or something humorous that makes you laugh or perhaps you've got a photo of a good time or a video of a good time with some friends that makes when you when you go back to that place you feel good so it's not going to solve all your deepest problems but in the short term that can really shift but do something and i think with the emotional bit work out what you need do what you can to get it and if if that's going to be a long journey in the short term just have little bits of self-care a bath go for a run um like I say, watch a funny video, sing your favourite song, be a bit daft, pick up the friend and speak, speak to someone. And this isn't a waste of time. It's not a distraction. These are good too. I now, have, Katie, um, you touched... Go on, No, Carol. I was just going to add to that. Like, it, it sounds counterintuitive, but I also have certain videos that I watch if I need to be sad. Because sometimes I feel yeah, like... Yeah, true. If I've got... If I feel just a bit... If I'm just feeling a bit sad, sometimes I need a bit of a release. And I want it to come out in more of a controlled way rather than when somebody looks at me the wrong way or, or something like if I sometimes I feel it and it's, it's when you feel that kind of build up of emotion and a bit like I'm on the verge of tears sometimes I will have a controlled cry to let it all out um and there's yeah. like certain certain videos that like give me the right it's the right kind of it's the kind of crying that you get at a John Lewis advert that's the right kind of crying for this situation and this might not apply to everybody it helps me um, there's an advert from the late 80s, early 90s, where the there's a milkman and he's got like dancing milk bottles. And for whatever reason, that just sets me off. Like me and my brother have a weird fascination with milkmen and milk bottles. We used to live abroad where we didn't have them and we were just both obsessed when we came back to the UK, like milk floats and milk bottles. Um, but yeah, there's something about that advert that always makes me tear up, but in a kind of nice way. Like, so don't watch something about like, people kicking puppies or whatever but like for me that's that's also helps as well as the other happy stuff you know like listening to a sad song sometimes can have the same effect um so i think sometimes it's about knowing what will give you that release to be able to then move forwards yeah definitely it's about connecting with that emotion rather than fighting it i mean of yeah. course we all need emotional control we don't want to burst into tears in a client meeting uh, unless you know you, so you can do that with some clients but typically you know apart when it's not one of those moments then yeah connect with the emotion sit with it be with it experience it 
Katie, the only time I get that is when I have PMT. But yeah, it's better to have a good old cry and get it done with than, <laughs> than to let it get me down for the rest of the day, which is which is key. So I think that's 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 really good. And look at that, and that fills into the the spiritual as well. So this is another area you can focus on. So Katie uh, mentioned her values, her her beliefs, her purpose. That's something she discussed with her partner. I discuss that with mine as well. So I sit down at the beginning every year and, and, and really think about my year and I think about my values and why I'm in business and why I do what I do and to focus on my my identity and who I am and what I'm all about and what my purpose is as well. And I think sometimes when we feel a little bit out of sorts, it can be that we're, um, we're living a life or working the way that doesn't fit with our purpose and Katie you mentioned earlier working with clients where it's not a good fit and I think it's the same if I find myself doing a training which even if it's not a bad thing but it just wasn't what I went into business for or I just don't think it's a good thing to be doing that's where I feel like I'm not being true to myself and I think that spiritual side, again, we're not talking about religion necessarily, although it could be religion for you if that's where you get your spirituality. But that, that yeah, that sense of why you're in the world and why you're, why you're what, what you're doing, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the, the, I suppose it's, yeah, what, what drives you almost or what helps influence your decisions, I suppose, maybe. That's how I'd maybe describe the spiritual side of it. So that could be religion, that yes. could be values and beliefs and identity, like it's, it's it, it, or both, it can be all of them. Yeah, and another really good one here, in, in and I think this is my top tip for the spiritual side. Again, you, don't, you may not have a religion, but you do have a set of rules for the world. Like you have a sense of who you are and you have a sense of what you will and won't do and actually what business isn't, isn't about. So it's, sometimes it's good to focus on those. And again, coaching can help for this, but a simple mentor or a, or, or a buddy group with a fellow freelancers could help help you do this. But do focus in on what are you in business for but another thing that helps with this another top top tip for me into spirituality will come things like volunteering or altruism and that is a huge one for me so i get a lot of my my spirit spiritual needs met by volunteering for charities um i i, I do mentoring i also do classroom anti-bullying sessions so they use my skills things that i'm already enjoying and doing and that i can offer but actually i don't do them for money I just do them because I really enjoy it it fits my values it fits my beliefs and I get real um real joy from doing that and seeing the impact it has on other people so again if you don't feel like you've got a lot to to give because you're in a place where you can't give much it may seem counterintuitive to go and then start giving to people for nothing in return and again it doesn't have to be for a charity you could just give to a friend who really needs help or I don't know whatever it is but doing things for others without wanting something in return that sense of community or that sense of giving it, it meets a lot of your emotional needs and it's uh, so if you're in a bit of a dark place or you're feeling a bit useless or you're struggling you're thinking am I any good actually offering your services or, or your time or your care and attention to people who really who would value it is a huge boost to you um, and it's fantastic and Katie I know you do this with freelance folk and other ventures that you get involved in as well yeah we, we've obviously we've talked about volunteering in a previous episode yeah, yeah. And, and the benefits that 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 brings but I think yeah definitely that kind of contribution and feeling like you're giving back something definitely yeah d that definitely makes a difference and like I think in, yeah. you know one of the things that I think like with freelance folk for example like that's that helps to give me resilience because I've got such a lovely community there so when something did happen yesterday I had like a whole kind of group of people who are rallying around to support me and I think that made me feel stronger it made me feel like yeah I've got this and so I think it's, if you've got a community around that work that you do as well that volunteer work or whatever it is that you do that or, or just even that kind of confidence that like yeah I've got this I think anything that makes you feel like that is so valuable whether you get paid for it or not yeah yeah it, it does make you feel really good so I think it's it's a it's a key one so that's spiritual and you can start to see how these are all interconnected so the final one is I think we've heard some examples of this already is just the is the mental approach so this is where I suppose we're talking about your inner dialogue we're talking about uh your focus 
and we're talking about your ability to concentrate as well so a little bit about our mental sharpness and and things that we can do uh, to, to focus on this I think one of the things that is really useful in terms of your mental well-being or your your mental ability or well-being is um a top tip for me would be to to think about where you focus so i mentioned yesterday you know i've had this week where someone has um you know spoke to me in a way or dealt me in a way that made me feel really inferior and really rubbish and actually what i found myself doing as i was going around the supermarket this morning was was focusing on it and actually reliving it and playing the movie or playing the phone call over in my head and i thought I'm going to speak to Katie about this because I know that Katie will give me tea and sympathy if I tell her about it and she'll tell me how rubbish that person was. I didn't do it and the reason why I didn't do it, in fact I stopped thinking about it, was I realised that I was putting my focus on it and that all that I was going to achieve was going to replay that moment in, over and over and over in my head as I recounted the details <laughs> and that was just going to make me feel worse. So I think sometimes where you put your focus could be absolutely key. Do we focus on what makes us feel bad? Do we focus on what we've done badly? And, and a common one for most people is to fix their faults or to fix their weaknesses. But actually, you know, we could shift our focus to what are we doing well, to what makes us feel good. And if things haven't gone according to plan, we can just, you know, put our foot on the ball, just stop for a second and ask ourselves, what's important now? So that's been and gone and we just put our focus to the future. So I think what you do with your body is important, how we feel about things is important, but actually where you choose to put your focus is key. And one of my favourite quotes is, where focus goes, energy flows. And I think that's a a really key one. Um, Yeah, and you don't want your energy to be wasted on somebody who's who's made you feel like crap. And so I definitely agree with that. It's like, you can dwell on stuff, but especially if it's someone else who's kind of annoyed you, it's like, well, why, I, I don't want to then, they've already taken something from me. Like they've already made me feel rubbish. I don't want to give them any more of my time or my mental capacity because they don't deserve it. And so, yeah, like it's almost like, yeah, I kind of like, screw you. Like I'm not giving you any more of my brain space. Yeah, and put it to something which is going to be more useful, exactly. something you can do. And I think, it's okay, I'm interested to hear some of your tips. I mean, another one for me is if you want your mental sharpness to be there, if you want to be feel mentally resilient, we, we, is it really useful to avoid something called cognitive overload? Um, and we're living in a world where we've got constant distractions. So I've got notifications from my email. I've got them on two different phones. Um, I've got, you know, there's things like phone calls coming through. There's Twitter to pay attention to, about four or five social media channels. I, when I'm watching TV at home, sometimes... I can't like see an actor that I've recognised from something else and not look at IMDb and look up who the actor is. <laughs> Otherwise, it bugs me. That's a but actually, kind of that pain. multitasking. That's a special kind of pain. And I'm normally quite good at working it out. And, and then someone said to me, was, well, actually, now I've actually started putting my phone in a different room um, because I think I've got out of the habit of remembering stuff and I want my brain to stay sharp. So I think one of the things we can do to help my, my mental focus and one of the things I've started to do and we've mentioned it before is to batch tasks to focus on one thing at a time but to switch my notifications off and to switch off those little pings and dings and actually to only do one thing at a time and leave my phone out of the room when I'm watching TV in the evening so I'm not feeling frazzled so little things like that how we use technology can help um, yeah reduce the mental load so the less you multitask the more able to focus and concentrate you you will be the more you try to multitask or take on lots of things at once or allow those switch between tasks the more likely you are to feel stressed and even when you are focusing on something if half your mind is somewhere else you're going to feel pretty pretty rubbish that'd be one of my tips for for the for for, for looking after your mental well-being and and sharpening your mental resilience yeah, I mean, I, I, I did, don't know what I, you thought about that one. Yeah, I, I did a thing yesterday, um, and it was basically it's like I'm going to call it a remote co-working session, but it wasn't in the same way that the freelance folk is a co-working session in that we'd like natter the whole time. It was like the opposite of that. I think it was called Cave Day. I think the website's caveday.org, um, and so basically they have physical ones, um, but they have like virtual ones as well. So what happens is you basically um, they had an introductory offer where it was like five dollars for a three and a half hour session. So I had a go yesterday, and what you do is you, they use Zoom, which is like a video like chat kind of tool a bit like Skype and you so you log on and at the start of the session there's 12 people and plus there's one guy who's like 
the kind of facilitator. And then we all like introduced ourselves and said what we wanted to do in that session. So they always say like, bring something that's like, you know, more kind of deep work or something that you want to get done that you've not been able to get done. Um, so I'm, I'm making a Squarespace training course, like an online training course. And I booked some time today to do some recording for it. And I knew it would be better if I had time yesterday to prepare. Um, and so that was what I wanted to do there. So basically you kind of say what you want to get out of it, what you think might block you. And then you, and then they kind of put you, they do like you do four kind of sprints, they call them, where you're just for about, about 40 minutes at a time, you're, you're all still on the video chat thing, but you're muted but then you just get on with your work but like knowing that like other people are there as well and it just it's it was quite nice because it was kind of gave me that external accountability to focus in an ideal world i'd be able to focus for three and a half hours myself but that i've not kind of got that skill quite mastered yet and so it was really helpful to then have uh, you know because i'd paid for it even though it was only five dollars it was like i've paid for this so i'm going to use that time and so, yeah, in that time, I got done everything that I planned to do. And, and I knew that it was about working on the stuff that was like important and not just urgent. Um, but I think having some structure to give you focus, if you're not great at doing it just on your own at home, having a structure to give you focus can be really useful as well. Even if it's just like setting a timer or, or putting on some noise cancelling headphones or something, try and find ways to give yourself that focus and then once you start doing that I think you'll then get better at it that's what I'm hoping anyway yeah. I like that I like that that's a really novel way of creating mental mental space for doing it I use brain fm quite a lot because I find I, I could it, 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 having that uh, ambient noise in the back really helps me focus and do my concentration and I mentioned mindful wa- walking earlier and mindfulness is a great example of something you can do um I know some people don't like the idea of it I'm, I'm not saying I'm massively into it but I think um, stick with it so even if it's just a little audio or I, I just did mindful walking this morning I just start to notice the, the sounds of my feet through the grass that just notice the smells the sights the sounds and do nothing but just mo- notice and focus on those those physical or sensory experiences the first five minutes you do feel pretty daft but after that um, you fight notice that your pace starts to slow your heart rate starts to sl- slow and you do feel a lot more present so like Casey like you say whether that's you sign up for something you use an app or some music or something that gets gets you where you need to be that could that can be absolutely key I and I, this one I'd also probably suggest some sort of training or personal development I think I, I should probably give my last tip on that one otherwise I'm not doing my job but yeah keep your mind sharp keep investing in yourself and um keep keep learning new things and I think that growth also is fantastic for well-being and helps build up your resilience as well more knowledge and skills and that fe- just that feeling of growing um that you're expanding your mind I think is absolutely something that uh, gives you a lot of mental resilience too so so Katie we've covered four there so we've got physical mental emotional and spiritual so for people listening to this I think the challenge would be you're probably really good at some of those. I think we've all got maybe two or three where we're really hot, but I think sometimes we let at least one of them slip and our focus goes from those. If we're doing this really well, we'll find activities or routines like we've been describing you today that tick all those boxes on some level. And it's just a case of making sure we maintain and and protect those um, when things do come in from the side. So Katie, any any closing thoughts on resilience or any anything you would add or any one takeaway that you'd, you'd take from this? I think I'd just add one final thing, which would be also to be aware of your triggers when it comes to resilience. Um, yeah. So like, no, you know, what what are the things that do take a dent out of your resilience reservoir, as it were? So if you've got a reserve, you know, if you've got, I, don't, I mean, you know, it's not like it's a finite thing, but like, if you feel like, oh, this is, this is kind of creating a bit of a dent in me and it's making me feel like I'm struggling, like I'm not very resilient, what is that trigger and can you do something about it? Um, so I think that that would be my, my final thing would be look at look at if there's particular types of activity that always seem to trigger you. Is there something you can do about it so that either you don't get triggered or that you're able to deal with that trigger or you've set yourself up in a way that it doesn't have as big an impact as it would do? That would be my final comment. 
Yeah, that's really. I like the idea uh, idea of triggers actually, and maybe having a plan of action that when that trigger is triggered, you've already made a decision in advance when you're in a good place about how you're going to respond instead. Ooh, yeah, I like that. Um, because there is there is research that suggests, and I'm sure it will evolve over time, that suggests that we aren't so good, we can't really break bonds or or, or neuro- neurological paths that are formed. Um, but what we can do is build alternative ones and reinforce them so they're even stronger. So that pre-deciding and practicing is key. So yeah, the only one for me, I would say just have a reflection on those. What do you need in the physical space, the mental space, the emotional space, the spiritual space? What are your needs in each of those four areas? And um, first, know what they are. But secondly, yeah, put prioritise things that actually give you each of those so that that's it that's it all from us resilience i know it's a long one but as you can tell it's a it's a subject we've given a lot of thought to and i'm sure you have too so do let us know uh how do you uh what does resilience mean for you as a freelancer but but also how do you make sure that you have it and what do you do when you need to feel resilience we've given a few tips i know you've got loads more so we we would love to hear them and we will steal with pride any that really take our fancy isn't that right katie (laughs) and as usual you can find us on social media i'm at the wheel exists on twitter and instagram and michelle i am a dive deep dive deep depth d-i-v-e d-e-p d-i-v-e d-e-e oh never mind dive deep depth, i can't say <laughs> it facebook at the twitter end, short for development dive deep that's B-E-V-P. the bit dive deep depth <laughs> yeah twitter it's facebook the operation that we have it. here <laughs> yeah you've heard this enough times exactly yeah. you know where we live on the internet um i saw a guy yesterday on this cave thing when the video chat he had a t-shirt that said you know me from the internet and i want that t-shirt now um yeah you just gotta get known on the internet first exactly <laughs> um and as usual if you want to hear future episodes subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and um yeah drop us a line if there's anything you'd like us to cover in future episodes but until then we will see you next time for another episode of 99 problems but a boss ain't one